0: amen amen praise god well i have a a word from the lord from you all today or at least i i hope and pray and believe that it's a word from the lord um diane can attest to the fact of the the time that i spend putting a message together and praying over and 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 singing over and you name it Um, but last uh this is the first sunday of uh, the new year wow first one it kind of almost felt like last Sunday was, but it was kind of this weird moment because it was actually the last Sunday of 2023, which gave us a start on the first week of 2024. But today is actually the first Sunday of the year. Uh, and last Sunday, I, I unfolded what I believe is our purpose and vision for 2024 in um, the phrase more in 24. Uh, I also shared with you the the sense of angst that I had about just coming in with another clever play on words, and that that bothered me, and that I kind of had an arm wrestling match with God, saying, "Surely you got something better than more in 2024." And uh, remember that the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and says, said, "said Rick, if the more if the more has purpose, then it's not a clever statement." but it's a purpose statement for the year, and so uh, the Lord really impressed upon my heart what I called six mores. For those of you who love camping, that would be an automatic mandate to eat as many s'mores as you can for the year, but that's not a good New Year's resolution, is it? And so there were six mores that uh, God gave me, and then Again I prayed about this for for weeks and weeks and weeks and and even when God spoke to my heart about more in 24 I'm like come on God you got something more clever than that don't you and uh, then we we got home from church and I think it was Monday morning Diane was facebooking or something whatever it is that she does on, on her phone and she said she was shared with me the number of people who said that at their churches their pastors uh, statement for the year was more in 24 and Dr. Barkley had more in 24 and so many around us <clears throat> were taking that <clears throat> excuse me that same journey of of more in 24 and I said to Diana I said well I hope each of them also got an order from the Lord to have a definition for the more you know because that's kind of where we're at and, that, and I sent y'all home with a little bit of an assignment no there's not a test today that's the teacher side of me that would love to but there's not a test I sent y'all home with an assignment to pray and ask God What are the mores in my life lord what what do i want to leave behind what do i want to keep and what do i want to do differently in the upcoming year and if there's going to be more in 24 what would be the more that would be something you need in your life and that you need uh, for god to provide for you and so there were six things that i wanted more of in 2024 And, of course, that was on a very personal level, but it just automatically morphed its way into also being kind of on a corporate level. And so as I preach this message to you today and deliver what I believe God has put on my heart, recognize this, please. Give me the grace for this. I am sharing with you things that God has spoken to me for me. Okay? And I'm passing it on to you because I believe that it's a good direction for many of us, if not all of us, Uh, And so as I share some things today, it's not meant to come out hard or accusatory uh, in any way, shape or manner or to make you feel condemned or anything like that. I'm just sharing with you the the heart of what I feel God has placed in me for myself for 2024 and some of the journey that I am taking along that path for these six mores. Are you all with me? And so I'm just going to deliver it to you the way that the Lord delivered it to me. And I pray, as I just did a minute ago, that our ears would be open to hear uh, and that our, our minds would be open to understand and our hearts would be open to receive what the Lord has for us. So the six mores that I had was uh, more of the Lord's presence. How many would go with that? It ought to be on everybody's list every year, right? More of the Lord's presence more salvations that was number two and i these were listed how they came how i felt like god gave them to me and the second one was more salvations i have a hunger and a desire and a burden upon my heart to see the lost saved and to and we've been praying for the the spirit of evangelism to rise up in us and praying over the altars that the the altar call time the invitation time that people would respond and not to me. If if people are responding to me, it's just an emotional experience that's going to be very brief. But if you're responding because you have a sense that you need a savior in your life and you need something different, then it becomes something that can last. Can you say amen? And so more salvations. But it didn't stop there immediately. Number three popped in my head. I went, salvations are wonderful and they're fantastic, but if we don't have a means whereby to help the new believer start the journey, then we haven't started making disciples yet. And so number three was more disciples. I wanna be more active and aggressive in making disciples. And that's why we're starting the New Believers class this next Sunday at nine o'clock. There's a sign-up sheet in the back. If you're, if you're a new believer, you've just gotten saved here at the church and you're thinking, well, what do I do next? Uh, We want to spend some time with you. It's uh, for 45 minutes for the next four Sundays, and we're going to help you start that journey of becoming a disciple. And so there's a sign-up sheet back there for you. And then, so number one was more of the Lord's presence. Number two was more salvations. Please, Jesus. And number three, help us make more disciples. Number four was my personal health. I want more personal health in 2024 and and i'm 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 guessing that quite frankly these are maybe a little bit universal each one of us could probably say oh yeah yeah i'll add that to my list as well but i'm sorry this was my list and i'm just passing it on to you but i want more personal health in 2024 can i get a witness from somebody amen uh number five was more spiritual depth I want to have more encounters with the Lord Jesus. I know that it's closely related to number one, more of the lord's presence, but I can be in the Lord's presence and be shallow spiritually and miss the whole encounter. So I want more spiritual depth, and then number six <clears throat> was, I need to crucify more areas of my flesh this this old earth suit, Rick, and some of the stinking, thinking needs to go away and it's the stuff that i have to be active uh in seeing gone from my life and and so in praying over about these six mores for a couple of weeks and asking god for some wisdom and direction how to keep going forward with this because i said last week that i wanted to break each of them down kind of explain each one of them to you and to give you a biblical foundation for each one of them as well And so as I was praying about it, I kept landing on one of them as what I believe to be the starting point. It wasn't necessarily number one. I have to trust that it was God that was leading me to start with number four. And number four was, I want more personal health. Now, let me explain why number four became number one. I'm not changing their positions in this list because how this came i've been praying and praying and praying and praying and i have a 45 minute drive into the office and a 45 minute drive at home to back home and and pastor uh, Dwayne once taught me never have a wasted mile so either be listening to a book or a podcast or something and so i hadn't got very far down the road uh, on the way into church one day a few weeks ago and man just stuff started downloaded into my brain. I pulled off the side of the road and turned my recorder on so I could just say it as I was driving. And man, all this stuff just unloaded from my spirit. And I mean, almost word for word on some of the things that I'm sharing with you. And so um, this, I feel this this is the, the list that the Lord, the Lord gave me. So why would I feel like that number four should be my starting point? I want more personal health in 2024. I've often said that the progression of well-being in a person or the lack of well-being follows this course. Physical sickness eventually leads to emotional depression, which ultimately leads to spiritual weakness. If any of you have been there, you know that if you've had any malady or sickness for an extended period of time, you eventually get emotionally down. And then if that lasts for an extended period of time, you begin to wonder, is God even there? And so you kind of become spiritually anemic in that. But I believe the opposite holds true as well, that if you're spiritually weak, then it can lead to having some emotional um, depression and or weakness, which ultimately manifests itself in some type of form in the body through some kind of sickness or something. So we're so interconnected there. Now, quite frankly, I am thoroughly convinced that each of the six mores that I have here, either in part or in full, are absolutely connected together. And I believe that the other five totally hinge on number four, more personal health. And let me take a journey with you now to kind of explain what I'm talking about. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, it says this, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit, soul, and body. Everybody say it with me. Say, spirit, soul, and body. That's who you are as a, being, as a human being, Okay. Now, before I dig into the theology of spirit, soul, and body, I would like to share a few quotes that illustrate the importance of health and the importance of wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. Winston Churchill once said, healthy citizens are the greatest asset any country can ever have. Now, I'll add, maybe the opposite is true as well, that unhealthy citizens are probably the greatest liability of any country. And we honestly have more unhealthy citizens in America than healthy citizens. I mean, just, just with the fast food and all the other stuff that's out there, we just have an unhealthy environment. Uh, now, and I'll add a little bit to that myself. Uh, healthy Christians are the greatest asset that any church can have. And maybe the opposite is true as well. Here's another one. A Healthy outside starts with a healthy inside. Right on? we, We can wear the mask for a while and play the game for a while, but eventually, you know, it'll come out. Here's another one. There's no physical health without mental health and no mental health without spiritual health. Interconnected spirit, soul, and body. Shakespeare said, this is one of my favorites, Our bodies are our gardens and our will is the gardener. That'll preach right there, won't it? Uh, Here's another one. Self-care is not selfish because you cannot serve from an empty vessel. Spirit, soul, and body. Here's another great one. No matter how old you are, no matter how much you weigh, you can still control the health of your body. Now let me pause there. I recognize that there are some diseases that are not necessarily in a person's control. Okay? I get that. So as I go through this sermon today, please understand that I understand that not every disease or malady that a person has is based on the choices that the person makes. Okay? Uh, Here's an Arabian proverb. He who has health has hope, and he who has hope has everything? Health is so important to us, and so as I was writing this message, God began to say, "Here's why I, the more personal health in twenty four it starts there. Everything about more in twenty four for for at least for Rick starts with that journey. And y'all know as well as I do that's not an easy journey. Can I get a witness from somebody? The Greek doctor Herophilus, around 300 BC, said. When health is absent, wisdom cannot reveal itself. When health is absent, absent, art cannot manifest. When health is absent, strength cannot fight. When health is absent, wealth becomes useless. When health is absent, intelligence cannot be applied. And even the great philosophers and theologians of the past all bring to the point that health everything else in life is dependent upon one's health because your your health or lack thereof changes your entire perspective which changes your entire journey which changes how you do everything are you following me are you with me now the bible says in 3 john chapter 1 verse 2 dear friend i hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. So even scripturally, we get a connection about the body and the spirit. And of course, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 is a clear understanding that theologically there's something important happening here. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, your whole spirit, soul, and your whole body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, now, let's unpackage that a little bit. Just as God is a triune God, everyone's probably heard of the word Trinity, three in one, he's a triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit. So just as God is a triune God, so we, his creation, are as well a triune being, spirit, soul, and body. Now, this is important. This is a part of the creation that God made. And so mankind, you and I, are three in one, spirit, soul, and body. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 says, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So at creation at some point in that seven day period, uh, God came down and he grabbed some dirt and he began to form the shape of a human being, formed the human body, and unlike everything else that he created where he spoke those things into existence, this he did hands on, and then he came and he breathed his spirit into that lifeless being, injecting at that time both the spirit and the soul because up until that moment Adam was nothing more than a lifeless body and God breathed into him and he breathed into him Adam's soul and and the and and his spirit inside of there and Adam became a living being God is the source of life to the body and to the soul so if we are to pursue a healthy life then we need to understand that we are more than just a body See, I can spend all my time trying to make sure the earth suit is good and, to go, and go to hell in a handbasket spiritually. Are you hearing me? I, I can do everything that I can to uh, make sure that the, the body is uh, healthy and good and that I'm a very spiritual person, but internally, emotionally be nothing but a mess. Are you hearing me? And that's how a lot of Christians survive their life. One of the three areas of their life is completely deficient And that's by and large because we haven't spent a lot of time ministering to and raising people up in the fullness of who they are as a triune being, spirit, soul, and body. And to give each of those areas equal time of discipleship training, spirit, soul, and body. So if we're... we're pursue that we need to understand that we are spirit soul and body and each of these things spirit soul and body are absolutely interwoven and interconnected they do not exist in little compartments in different places they are completely connected a good way to put it is that in essence you and I are a spirit and we have a soul and the spirit and the soul live in a body it's the best way to just take a look at it simply and to theologically understand the triune nature of who you are you are a spirit that has a soul and lives in a body everybody with me so far i prayed for a few days i think I even mentioned to diane she may have overheard me praying i can't remember lord please help me deliver this message in such a way that everyone can grasp it and understand it the word spirit now is not uppercase, it's lowercase, little s. And this word spirit here in 1 Thessalonians, it comes from the Greek word pneuma. P-N-U-E-M-A. I wonder if anybody could share with me a couple of English words that we may get from this Greek word pneuma. Anybody? Pneumonia. How about pneumatic? Huh? And in both pneumonia and pneumatic, in pneumonia, what's attacked? Breath, the ability to breathe, right? And in pneumatic, what's the main source of energy? Air? Air exactly. Those, those words come from that. Now pneuma is used in the New Testament 239 times, and it's used in those 239 times to refer to the Holy Spirit, uppercase S. in in reference. Now, in that case, spirit is always capitalized, okay? It's referring to the spirit of God. 103 times the word pneuma is uh, translated with a little s, which isn't referring to the Holy Spirit, but it's referring to the human spirit, that part of who we are. 103 times in the New Testament, it mentions the human spirit, connectivity between that and God. So we are in essence a spirit. It, that's the part of our being that lives on eternally. Uh, the, the spirit, man or woman, never dies. It is perpetual. It is endless. It it lives forever either in the presence of God, in heaven, uh, by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or it lives forever separated from God in hell by rejecting Christ. So I guess it should be pretty easy for us to deduce that uh, accepting Christ into your heart is, in fact, the most important decision that you can ever make as it relates to the absolute part of who you are as a spirit. Are you with me? Okay? Now, I'm going to make sure in just a few minutes that you're going to have an opportunity to make that decision of a lifetime. Now, Titus chapter 3, verse 5 through 7 says this, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. How? Through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So it is our spirit, that is regenerated by the Holy Spirit. Our spirit, little s, is regenerated by the Holy Spirit, uppercase uh, s, at the time of salvation. Now, probably not many of us walk around using the word regeneration regularly. And so I felt it behooved me to give you a definition of this word regeneration. It means to change the heart and affections from a natural opposition to God to the love of God. That's the actual biblical definition of the word regeneration. To change our affections from a natural opposition to God to a natural love for the things of God. And it also means to be reborn. This is where uh, we get the phrase in Christianity of being born again, to be made brand new. And that starts with one part of who we are as a human being the Spirit. It does not start with the soul, and it does not start with the body. Those things come after because it's the spirit that is regenerated by the Holy Spirit. I'm not leaving anybody behind here, right? You all with me? Now, the only role that we have in this miracle of regeneration is to repent of our sins, excuse me, repent of our sins, and confess the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's the only part that we play in it. The rest of it is the Holy Spirit's work and His work alone. You and I can do nothing to regenerate our spirit other than saying, I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Bam! The Holy Spirit regenerates, rebirths your spirit, man, into a brand-new spirit spirit. Now, many people have gotten up from the altar of salvation having their spirit completely renewed and still have the same stinking thinking and the same messed up body. Are you you with me? They are connected, but they have a separate part of our life. So the regeneration is entirely the work. The regeneration of our spirit is entirely the work of the Holy Spirit. Psalm chapter 51, verse 10, David said, create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. That's what God does for you and I. Now, again, I'm still on the journey of I want more personal health in 24. Part of understanding that is, is understanding what you are and how that works. So in a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to be born again. I'm going to give you an opportunity to repent of your sins and to receive Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior. So we are, in essence, a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. Simple as it can get. So now let's let's look at this word soul. Remember, spirit was the word pneuma. Soul is the word suke. And it means heart life, mind, and soul. We derive an English word from Suki. It's psyche or psychology. Psyche is where we get our English word. And psychology is all about what? The emotions, the thinking, the way we think. It, It has nothing to do with the spirit of man, but it has a part of that. The soulish thing is all about our emotions. It refers to the the heart or the seat of our desires the seat of our affections it it it, it, it the soul refers to our appetites for things you know my uh, craving for chocolate is not a spiritual thing y'all it's a soulish thing huh it feels spiritual when I'm eating it huh but it ain't it's soulish now that's not a negative I love working with wood, and that that feeds my soul. I have a spiritual connection with the wood. I talk to some guys, John, right? I talk to some guys who think that I'm just totally whacked out. (laughs) Because I tell them I lay the piece of wood out, and I'll climb up on a ladder, and I'll look down on it and say, Lord, you grew this tree. What's it supposed to be? No, I'm not doing drugs in my wood shop. (laughs) <laughs> so this word suke or psych or soul refers to our emotions it refers to our sense of reasoning it, re- it refers to our our logic <coughs> it, it, it refers to our ability to love or hate it refers to our mind and it refers to our will this part of our being the suke, the soul is not eternal it ceases to exist when the body ceases to exist, it expires when the body dies. Not the spirit. The spirit at the moment of, of death, the spirit of that individual has gone to, to be with Jesus, hopefully. Amen? That's why you've, ever, you've been to funerals. I know you have. And many times you'll go and you'll look and, and you'll go. They don't even, that's, they're not there. You're right. It's just the earth suit that's there now. Are you with me? So, unlike the spirit that is regenerated by the work of the Holy Spirit, we have a huge role to play in partnership with the Holy Spirit for the renewal of our soul. That doesn't happen at the altar of salvation. The renewal and regeneration of our spirit happens at the altar of salvation. But now the journey starts to begin to renew our way of thinking. Our reasoning our logic our emotions our affections our desires our will okay and that's a journey and y'all know what it's a lifetime journey I'm still having areas of my soul renewed after 67 years okay and I bet I will at 77 years and I bet I will at 87 years and in 97 years I'll see y'all in heaven that's all I got to say so the Holy Spirit does the work of regeneration for the Spirit, but you and I must do the work for the renewal of our soul in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Think about it for a moment. I'm talking, I'm talking about the renewal of our thinking. I'm talking about the renewal of our desires. I'm talking about the renewal of rebirth of our appetites and our emotions and our will and our mind. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, of your soulish realm, of the suke. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? That's our process. That's our responsibility. The Holy Spirit helps us. He comes and empowers that. We're not on our own. If we were on our own, we'd never never get her done. Right? So we need the help of the Holy Spirit, but that's our journey to make and to begin, is the renewal of our soulish realm. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Wow. How do you do that? Well, number one, you do it by keeping your nose in the good book with regular reading and consumption of the Word of God. Regular, 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 regular. I don't even want to ask how many Christians in here have never read the Bible from cover to cover because I'll guarantee there's some people in here who've been Christians for many, many years who've probably never read the Bible from cover to cover. Huh? Well that's how you renew your mind. And I don't get the good book one time I go through it. Every time I go through it, God gives me some other piece of the good book that renews my mind. And my wife and I were voracious readers of the of any really many books, but the Bible consumes all of my thinking for reading. I want more and I want more and I want more and I want more. You know, I finished reading the, the Bible again from cover to cover, I think, pff, I don't know, October or something. And starting in October, I said, I'm going to read Proverbs and Psalms and Proverbs over and over and over again until the first of the year. Just over and over and over again. Man, God, Jake gave me so many nuggets because he was renewing, excuse me, I was renewing my mind with his help and guidance. Are you with me? But I had to... If I I had not chosen to take that journey, read the Bible, cover to cover, and then read Psalms and Proverbs over and over again, the Holy Spirit could not have renewed anything because I wasn't giving Him anything to renew. Are you following me, beloved? So you start by regular reading and consumption of the Word of God. It is also by keeping your knees bent to heaven in regular communication with God in prayer, true prayer true prayer yes the bible says to pray without ceasing but you know what you won't you're not going to have a whole lot of holy ghost prayer time driving down the road or you're going to be in the ditch okay i'm talking about some time separated getting away in your metaphoric closet away from everybody just you and jesus just for a few minutes And I'm not trying to be skeptical, but I can guarantee there's not a lot of Christians who maybe even been Christians for many, many years who who also don't read the Bible cover to cover, but who don't take time in their day to shut everything off and just say, it's just you and me, Jesus. I get downloads from heaven, and I get stuff from heaven, and I hear the voice of the Lord in my spirit even when I'm driving down the road. That's why I had to pull over and hit the recorder so I could speak back what he was saying to me. But guess where that came from? alone time in my closet with jesus are you hearing me and then how else well keep your body in the house of god by regular attendance why so we can keep a roll book no we don't keep a roll book we don't count up my level of success as a pastor is not how many people are occupying the seats my measure of success as a pastor is how many people are becoming disciples of jesus christ but, I, but it's important for us to be together and to grow together with other people that are grow, on the same journey of growth. We find strength in numbers. <laughs> so we are, in essence, a spirit that has a soul and a body. Excuse me, we have a soul, and both the spirit and the soul live in a body. Okay, so I've talked about the, uh, the spirit, and I've talked about the soul. And remember that the Spirit is eternal and that it is regenerated by the Holy Spirit, His work and His work alone. All we have in that, in that partnership is to repent of our sins, accept Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Bam, He regenerates our spirit. And then we have the soul, you know, it's temporal. It doesn't live forever. And we have the primary responsibility to be about the work of renewing our soul, our thinking, our mind, our will, our emotions with the help with in partnership with the holy spirit. Now let's talk about the body cuz this lends itself even more so maybe to number 4. I want more personal health in 24. Now, body is from the Greek word soma. And it doesn't go deep spiritually. It's about the earth suit. The skin, the bones, the organs, body this good-looking body it's my earth suit now the bad news is that the body is in a constant state of aging and decay yippee (laughs) and it is the body is in a constant state of aging and decay no one can stop it ladies you can use all the anti-aging cream you want to. It ain't going to work. Okay? And you know what? You can drink as much water from the mythical fountain of youth as you want. We're all still going to die someday. That's, that's, that is a truth of life. The generation, the, excuse me, the degeneration of our body is the ultimate destiny for all of us. And the older you get, the more you feel it. Can I get a witness from anyone over 65? Right? You don't want to see me getting up and down from my knees nowadays. Because it's a slow process. (laughs) So there's going to come a day when this old earth suit is going to throw in the towel and is going to give up and it's going to expire and at that moment my spirit's going straight into the heavenlies to my Lord and my Savior and the soulless part of me just ceases to exist okay now until that day comes the Holy Spirit takes care of my spirit right y'all with me I'm in partnership with the Holy Spirit about my soul but you know what when it comes to the body that's a whole another enchilada Anybody want Mexican after, after church today, huh? See, we can abuse it, and we can suffer and die early, or we can take care of it and live all the days of our life in vibrant vitality. Now, many of us have, B.C., before Christ, abused our body to no end. And in some part, whether large or small, are paying for that abuse even today. But at some point there comes, at some time there has to be a point where we say, I've got to make some different choices. If you're young, you think you never have to make a different choice until you get older and you realize, man, I wish I'd have made some different choices at 40. I can even look back and go, I wish I'd have made some different choices at 50. I'm 67 and I'm going, man, I wish I'd have made some different choices at 60. So I can abuse this body and I can suffer and die early. Or I can take care of this body and hopefully live all the days of my life, not just in pain and and in struggle, but live the days of my life in vibrant vitality. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Having having vibrant vitality, even in old age. That sounds like a a good deal to me, but here's the kicker, y'all. The choice is ours choice is yours the choice is mine and so god began to speak to me oh great so yeah you want more personal health in 24 well do something about it because we're all about heaven god you do it lord take that chocolate away from me (laughs) huh he's not going to take he's not going to send an angel down and rob all your chocolate he's waiting for you and me to make a choice He's waiting for you and I to do something that he can empower. Thank you for your enthusiasm. That's right, the choice is ours. Now recall what I said early, that a, that a sick body leads to a depressed soul, which leads to spiritual weakness. For years and years and years, Diane will attest to this, even as, and she can't attest for what I went through as a child, but I think by the time I was Three years old i had had pneumonia six times that was back in the day when they put you in the oxygen tents and stuff you know and so i was always a sickly kid and a sickly teenager and a sickly young adult and a sickly adult every year i was sick with something okay i never had a, a christmas season come by that i wasn't down with either pneumonia or bronchitis right baby absolutely true and so I had ongoing sicknesses, chronic sicknesses, physical sicknesses. And so, chronic, especially chronic, ongoing physical sicknesses leads to emotional depression or chronic emotional depression. Huh? And you stick there long enough, you're going to be so dead spiritually. And I can tell you right now, there's nothing worth it preaching behind this pulpit and being dead spiritually. I'm just being real with you all. Would you rather I lied to you or told you the truth? All right. So, the opposite is true as well, that an anemic spirit leads to a soulish emotional depression and equals a sick, unhealthy earth suit or body. And all three are connected. And why are all three connected? Because the other two live in the body. Duh! So if the body's a mess... What's happening with the other two? Are you hearing me? They're interconnected. Now let's go back to Romans 12. Romans 12, verses 1 through 2. Just so you know, it's a new year, and I ain't even looking at the clock. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But let's look at verse 1. Present that you, that you present, that I present my body to the Lord. Okay? He is a gentle God and a gentleman and a kind and loving God. He does not come and grab me by the scruff of the neck and go, I'm taking your body! He's saying, no, son, give me your body. Give it to me, because when I give him my body, what else comes with it? My spirit my soul. So I'm going to give him my spirit and soul, but I'm going to keep killing my body? I'm going to keep ownership of my body? How is that that possible? That I'm going to give him my spirit and my soul, but I'm going to keep ownership of my body? It, It seems to me, logically, that it's not possible. Because I'm going to take care, I'm going to eat all chocolate I want, and gravy I want, and chicken that I want. Come on, somebody. Don't worry, I haven't got saved from chicken yet. Now notice, please, that it says that we are supposed to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. We have the responsibility, you, me, each of us have the responsibility to say, Lord, I give you my body as a sacrifice. And you know what then? I need to live it and I need to walk it out. You need to live it and you need to walk it out. I can't give him my body as a sacri- living sacrifice and then go and kill it. To present my body to God as a living sacrifice not only involves this earth suit, but actually all three. And how's that? It's because they all live in the earth suit. There's the package. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 13 through 20. New Living Translation. You say, food was made for the stomach, and stomach for the food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. Oh, Lord, take me to heaven before you do away with food. Uh, but you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality they were made for the lord and the lord cares about our bodies and god will raise us from the dead by his power just as he raised our lord from the dead don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of christ Should a man take his body, which is a part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say the two are united into one. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Us Christians aren't real good at that. I'm going to do 1 Corinthians 6, 19, and 20 in the Passion Translation. Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the Spirit of holiness who lives in you? You don't belong to yourself any longer. For the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside your sanctuary. You were God's expensive purchase, paid for with tears and blood. So by all means, then use your body to bring glory to God. It did not say use your soul. It did not say use your spirit. It said use your body. Because guess what's in the body? Your soul and your spirit. Now, I want more personal health in 2024. Some of what I'm saying and going to say may sound like I'm climbing on my soapbox. I promise you that I'm not. So, please give me some grace. I'm not pointing a finger at anybody other than this cat right here. But this cat's the pastor of this church, and therefore I'm supposed to shepherd you. So, I'm not pointing a finger at you. So, please don't walk away. I can't believe he said that. <laughs> believe it, sweetheart. I'm starting to feel a little punchy now. I want more personal health in 2024. And I am convinced that it is my duty to do the very best that I can to live a healthy lifestyle. That is my duty. God will not do it for me. There's no scripture that says that he will do it for me. Scripture says that he will help me do. The Holy Spirit His Greek name is paraclete, which means helper. He helps us do what we're doing. He doesn't do it for us. I have the choice to live long or to die early. God is speaking this to my spirit. Rick, you have that choice. You can live all the days of your life that I have destined for you on planet Earth, or you can die early, son. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 through 20. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, and that you may cling to Him, for He is your life and the length of your days. But I've got to make a choice for life. I have the choice it would be easy now for me to point the finger at you and say so do you but you should just be saying that to yourself because you do I have the choice God has given me the choice now don't get mad at me I'm talking about myself right now I'm not pointing fingers at anybody so I can choose sugar and wheat products and junk food and fast food and die ten years early Probably blind with one amputation because of diabetes are you listening to me that's that's the statistics for a person with diabetes so they lose 10 years of their life and more than likely will die somewhat blind and maybe have some amputation in their body and the interesting thing about type 2 diabetes specifically is it's absolutely a disease of choice Type 1 is not, and I understand that there are other diseases that are not about choice. There are things that we have to deal with in life. So please don't think that I'm pointing the finger at anybody that's sick. Okay, are you with me? I love you all. Or, you know what, I can, so I can make that choice. I'm going to eat some cookies. Diane made a choice this year, bless her heart. See, I can't even say cookies right without going into lust mode. Diane's so cool, she didn't make any Christmas cookies this year. And I was so thankful, because I'd have been scrounging those things up while they were still steaming. I'd have had a dozen eaten before she ever got done baking, and I only got started. Can I get a witness from anybody? Huh? So, you know, and I didn't even realize I had a problem with sugar. Until I started realizing that every time I have sugar, I can't stop eating it. I got to have more. And it's like it's like pulling teeth to not have it. Now that goes along with what? Number 6, we crucify the flesh. I'm telling you these are all connected, okay? So, God's given me the choice. I can have cookies and wheat products. Wheat products just messes with diabetes. I can eat junk food and fast food. I tell you what I love doing all the time, man, I'd stop at Burger King on the way in here and get me one of those double-stacked sausage and cheese and egg croissants on the way to work. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Listen, all the while, knowing in my heart of hearts and my mind of minds that my glucose level is going to be elevated at the end of the day because I did it. A choice for a moment of pleasure that's robbing 10 years of my life. I'm not, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. I'm, just, I'm talking about this journey that I'm going through and hoping that you discover your journey as well. So I can make that choice, or you know what? I can choose to crucify my flesh and sacrifice those things so that I may live the full course of my life, all the days of my life, serving God, loving my family, loving my wife, and finishing the race, And the calling that God has destined for me I have the choice to live all the appointed days of my life or I have the choice to cut them short I don't like that deal I don't like that deal that's why I got Rick's got to crucify some areas of his choice I have the choice God has given me the choice I can choose Coke and Pepsi products that every one of us know are, quite frankly, nothing more than poisons. All right? Diane, share with me, and many of you all remember, you know, what, you, what did you pour on your batteries to get the battery acid away? Coca-Cola or Pepsi. You know, someone once said that, you know, you know what they clean the Coke plant with? Coke. <laughs> you know, and I love, I love my diet drinks, man. I love my diet Coke. I really do. I dig it. I love, I love it but it's killing me. So yeah, sign me up for another glass of poison and a dozen cookies. Are are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So I can have that Coke and Pepsi and I can deal with inflammation in my joints and pain in my body and multiple maladies. Or you know what? I can choose the most boring liquid on planet Earth. See, y'all knew the answer to that before I ever even said it. Water. Water. Which, by the way, is one of the essentials of life. Oxygen, water, sodium, and potassium. The four essentials of life. And I realized that I was sick most of the time because I live a dehydrated life. I didn't drink water. I don't like water. Give me a Diet Coke. Huh? Well, God is turning me on to water. So, here's the kicker, y'all. I have the choice. If I want more personal health in 24, I've got to make the right choice for that journey or it's nothing more than a clever cliche. And I will say it now, not only do I have the choice, but beloved, so do you. I don't know what your deal is, what you, you know, you might be crazy about something else. But you have the choice as well. So you can choose life. and That's what it comes down to. The scripture didn't say, I set before you Pepsi or water. I said before you, life or death, right? Uh, So God's encouragement and will for us is to do what? Choose life. So what I want you to hear today is this, as I begin to bring this to a close, is that as the body goes, so goes the emotions. And as the body and the emotions go, so goes our spirituality. Why did God ask me to approach number four, more personal health, in 24 first? I believe it's because the other five are absolutely interconnected and dependent upon it. Without having more personal health, I have to crucify the flesh to get more personal health, and I'm not going to experience the spiritual depth, and I'm probably going to have a limited experience an encounter in the lord's presence i'm going to probably be hindered in my ability to help win souls and and disciple them all because of health issues so quickly the six mores again see we all heard s'more again i know every one of us i did i heard s'more and i don't even like s'mores Quickly, the six mores again, six things that I want more of in 24 is more of the Lord's presence, more salvations, more disciples, more personal health, more spiritual depth, and more of my flesh crucified. Let me tie them together and bring this to a close. If I won't crucify more areas of my flesh, number six, then I won't experience more personal health, number four. This means that my desire for more of the Lord's presence, number one, and more spiritual depth, number five, will be greatly diminished. Subsequently, if I don't get these things squared away, I won't be nearly as effective in winning more people for Christ and seeing more salvations, number two, and for making more disciples, number three. They're all connected. I want more health in 24. And if I want more personal health, then I must make the sacrifices. And Diane can tell you, I am working hard. And I'm, I even said to her before I started this journey, remember, Diane, I said to you, I pray that this is not just another passing fad, another New Year's resolution. I pray that God will help me make this a lifestyle change for me, to crucify more areas of my flesh, and it will lead to greater spiritual depth and you need a pastor that has greater spiritual depth and it will, re- it will lead to a greater realization to the Lord's presence. And you deserve a pastor who has, has encounters in the Lord's presence. Can you say amen? And I believe that it will absolutely open the door to, uh, to winning souls. And that's our commission. That's what we're supposed to do. And I believe that all of this lends itself to helping make disciples for Jesus Christ, which is living the life you were born to live. And I wish somebody would give the Lord a praise in the house of God today. Bear my soul with you all again this is my journey the more in 24 I believe is, is a God's word for all of us and I gave you an assignment last year. you're not being tested please don't think that I gave you an assignment to begin to pray over that and ask God what are the mores for you because more in 24 is nothing more than a clever cliche unless the more is defined I'm not going to define your more That's between you and your creator. I hope to shine a light. I hope today that I've helped you realize the connectivity of each of these six mores, but also the connectivity of who you are as a human being, spirit, soul, and body. Earlier, I told you that I was going to give you an opportunity to repent of your sins and confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I know many of you have. So I'm not like every Christian in here needs to repent of their sin. Well, we do, yes, but many of you have made that initial repentance of sin and and you've become a a child of God and you're born again and you have a Savior that you've received and accepted. So I want to do that. I want to give you a chance to choose life. That's what it's all about. I want you to make, I want to give you a chance to make a decision for Jesus Christ that will change your life forever if you'll give him. Give it, I gave my life to Jesus back in 1979, I think. He's still changing me. It's still a journey. There's no part of this that says Rick Lopez arrived. This is just a part of this to say, hey, Rick Lopez is still journeying. Rick Lopez is still figuring it out. And I've come to a spot where I'm saying, God, please don't let this pass. I want to live all the days of my life. We all have multiple opportunities every day to make both good and bad choices, every one of us. But no choice is as important as the choice you make for your eternity. The one that determines your eternity. And the choice is actually pretty straightforward and it's pretty simple. You either choose Jesus Christ or you reject Jesus Christ. It really comes down to that. You can choose heaven or you can choose hell. Again, that's not his choice. It's your choice. Now don't take me wrong. I don't want you to accept Christ just so you can get get a, a free get out of hell card. I want you to do that. No, I want you to be able to have a life that's filled with uh, overflowing with abundance and overflowing with good things. The Bible says that Jesus has come to give you an abundant, overflowing life. He's chosen life for you. We just have to agree with his choice and then journey toward that end. The Bible also teaches us that when we give our lives to Jesus, his power works in us to achieve infinitely more than we could ever ask. I know this as I'm journeying on this more in 24. I know that his power lives on the inside of me, and he's going to help me achieve even more than I could ever ask. His power in us, in me, exceeds even my most unbelievable dreams and my wildest imaginations. And that's what you receive when you receive Christ into your heart. He will outdo everything else with his marvelous power in your life. And he doesn't drag you through anything. He doesn't force you to do anything. He loves you along the way. He says, come, all ye that are heavy laden and you're worn down and you're tired and sick and tired of being sick and tired, come to me and I'll give you rest. Come to me and let me love you, the Lord says. Don't, don't keep him at harm's length. Not just any of you that are here today who have never accepted Christ, but maybe some of you who have accepted Christ, and maybe you've been, been Christians for years and years and years, and you still got Christ at arm's length. He comes to live in your heart when you confess and repent of your sins and turn your will and your life over to Him. And I am still turning my will and my life over to Him. Sometimes I take it back. And I pay for it. Start this new year off the best way possible. Choose Christ. Choose life. The choice is yours. So I'm not going to make this melodramatic or anything else or dim the lights, or put on any special music. Here it is. If you want to make a choice for Christ today, raise your hand and hold it up just for a minute. And in just a moment, we'll all pray together. If you want to make a choice for Christ today, you need to get saved. You need to make a choice for Jesus Christ today. Just raise your hand up real quick and hold it up for God bless you. Is there anyone else that'll God bless you? Anybody else? Two people have read three. God bless you. There's three. Anybody else? Want to make a choice for Christ today? Okay, you can put your hand down. Looks like we got four. Amen. How about you want to make a choice for life? Living the full days of your life. And I'm not, there's no part of that that I ever said was easy. All right? Diane's got this box of chocolate. On the counter? Out. On the counter, I happen to know how the lid comes off that box. And I'll go over and I'll lift that box and I'll look in there and go. (laughs) Y'all think I'm kidding. I am not kidding. Put that lid back on there and just walk away. Choice. I'm not saying it's easy. But Jesus makes life easier if you'll just give him the charge of your life. Anyone that would like to say, some have lifted their hand to say, I need Jesus. Is there anyone else that would just by the raising of your hand saying, say, I've been making all the wrong choices and I'd really like to get started on the right choices? God bless you. God bless you. God. Yeah, look at here all over the place. God bless you, dear. Yeah. Amen. So I want you all to say this prayer with me, okay? Are you ready? ready. Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart today. I repent of my sins. I'm sorry for the way I've lived. Please renew my life today. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for forgiving me. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the dead. I believe in you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you can believe it and receive it today, give the Lord a mighty shout in the house of God. Amen, amen.